Welcome to the podcast series on the art of mentoring, where you will learn about great mentoring. This podcast is funded by the National Science Foundation to support mentoring visually impaired middle and high school students in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, also known as STEM. In this podcast, your guides are me, Dr. Laura Lunsford, a mentoring scholar at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and me, Megan Barr, a senior in business management with a human resource concentration at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. Let's get started. Well, great idea. This podcast is all about establishing expectations and effective communication. Establishing expectations is about having a shared understanding of the goals of the mentoring program and the needs and preferences of the other person as you work to reach those goals together. The main idea is to reduce or avoid potential problems by minimizing misunderstandings while making room for expectations to change over time. One good practice is to talk with your mentee about your expectations as soon as your very first meeting. Make sure you communicate your expectations about how you hope to support your mentee as well as how you might hope to have your mentee know more about what it is to pursue a career in STEM. You might let your mentee know how prepared you expect her to be when she enters you, views you, for example. Should she have practiced asking the questions in advance? Or you might let your mentee know about your expectations when he presents his work to you. For example, you might say, hey, I'm going to ask you to reflect on what you feel really good about in your presentation and where you might have an opportunity to improve next time. And would you like me Mr. and Mrs. Mentee, to provide feedback about what is good and opportunities for improvement to you also. Mentees also need support on how to manage up to let you know about their progress. We want to foster independence, but mentees may not realize they need to set their own schedule and key deadlines. How can you communicate what you expect, when you expect it, and how you would like to be asked for feedback? Similarly, how can you help mentees share their expectations so that you both can decide what is realistic? Great questions and thoughts. For example, I might expect my mentee to provide me an update once a week before uh, a presentation or an interview session, but that might be at a point when she will be on vacation with her family. So a conversation early in the relationship will help us to discuss how to handle changes and set key deadlines that work for both of us. Relatedly, it is important that mentees not do a great deal of work without feedback. You wanna make sure you're giving them feedback regularly so they don't create bad habits or get off track, get frustrated. Now, or immediately after this podcast, is a good time to review again the expectations for mentors provided to you by the program director. That's a great idea, Megan, because it's probably a good idea to refer back to them even as we go through mentoring so we can make sure we're staying on track in terms of our feedback and that we're accomplishing you know, what we hope the program will accomplish. Our next point we're gonna talk about is communicating effectively. Sometimes I forget that communication is a skill that we can all improve. Mentoring well is all about effective communication. The number one point here is the importance of positive emotions when you communicate. Much of academic work and feedback can come across as critical or even harsh to students unfamiliar with the profession and heck, even sometimes to those of us who are quite familiar with the profession. 
That's definitely true. A smile, if you can muster it, goes a long way when providing feedback. Your voice changes when you smile as you are more relaxed. Mentees can hear the difference in your voice. Another tip is to remind mentees that this program is meant to provide challenges to them. You can provide verbal feedback via recordings if you can't do it live whenever possible as this often comes across much better than text. Using positive emotion can really help students increase their interest and motivation. At times, you do have to provide written feedback in the form of an email or a text. It is easy for emotions to be misunderstood in written form. You know, just last night, I sent my class an email saying we needed to talk about an assignment. But I was surprised when I showed up that they all thought that meant that they were in trouble. One of them even said, it sounded like their mother saying, quote, we need to talk. And I didn't mean it that way at all. So double check your messages when they're written to make sure positive emotion comes through in what you write. I know how to do that with emotions, but emoticons do not seem very professional. How else can you communicate with positive emotion? Well, in written format, that can be confusing sometimes or challenging, and we probably don't want to be putting emoticons in our professional communication or, or modeling that for students. One way to do it is to make sure you always start by saying thank you, either for the effort that they put forth or thank you for this question. So you're sort of starting it off with a positive message. Then provide your suggestion or feedback. And then again, make sure you end on a positive note with something like, I look forward to your next presentation or the next step in our project or work together. You might also just send a short email thanking a mentee after an interaction with him or her and thanking them for their good effort in completing the task or listening well. Behaviors like these can help students build their motivation to do good work and increase their interest in STEM professions. There's also a growing literature that emphasizes the importance of communicating with positive emotions. Communication that makes people feel good actually helps their brains work better, and that means they're able to problem solve and learn more inf new information effectively. Well, let's practice. Let's consider some statements, and we'll see if both the listener and you, Megan, or me, think they provide positive emotions and communication. After each statement, we hope you, the listener, will pause the podcast and decide if it communicates positive emotion. All right, are you ready? Let's hear one, Megan. What if I said, please be on time from now on? Do you think this sounds positive or negative? We'll give you a moment to decide. I know you didn't mean it this way, but it does sound kind of negative. Um, how might we say it in a positive way? Is this still a good time for you? I noticed you weren't on time and wondered if we should schedule our next meeting at a time that works better. Yes, that statement doesn't assume that the person had control over being late. It doesn't blame them. And it invites the mentee to let you know if there is a conflict of some sort. Here's another one. How much longer will it take you to finish this project? Does this, communication, does this communicate negative, neutral, or positive emotion? It seems neutral, but I think it often comes across as negative. Think about how you, the listener, could rephrase this statement, how much longer will it take you to finish this project, to make sure you have positive emotion. 
How about, this project is a lot of work. When do you think you will complete it? I agree. That's a good rephrasing because it invites the person into the conversation in a positive way. It acknowledges the effort they've put forth. Let's try one more. What if I said, you will never get anywhere in this field unless you stick to it. So let's try one more time. Is this negative, neutral, or positive emotion? Hmm, it seems like something I could say, but after hearing you say it, I realize it sounds negative, or at least not positive and uplifting. Pause the podcast now and think of a way to restate the same idea with positive emotion. Here's the statement again. You'll never get anywhere in this field unless you stick to it, so let's try one more time. How about something like this? It can be frustrating to learn. We all experience it. Let's try again. That's a good rephrasing because it makes the mentee feel you're on the same team and not judging their progress. You're in it with them. After talking about this, I'm reminded how important the power of positive emotion is in communicating effectively. Well, me too, Megan. And I teach this stuff and it's easy to forget it. You know, in this podcast, we talked about the importance of having a first conversation to establish shared expectations and how to use positive emotion to communicate effectively. One, sometimes people can get confused and they think positive emotion means just being positive or only providing positive feedback, and that's not the case at all. Mentors need to provide critical feedback. The trick here, though, is to do it in a way that's uplifting and positive, helps the, the mentee feel engaged, rather than tearing that person down and, and helping them, making them feel bad about what you're saying or feeling that you're judging them or evaluating them in some way. So remember, positive emotion doesn't mean just to be positive. It means to engage and be on the same side as your mentee. And then also remember to take time now to review again the expectations for the mentoring program. Thanks for listening and remember to complete the companion worksheet to check your learning.